Welcome to Learn or Be Learned. We either learn from others or others learn from us. The former is able to help us become a better, faster you. Follow me weekly as I dig up stories like a true anthropologist would on one of the three series called Guest Conversations, Book Applications, or My Small Talk Explorations. I'm your host, Shiva Danishaker, and let's talk. Welcome back, friends, to another book episode. This one is called Think Like a Monk, Train Your Mind for Peace and Purpose Every Day by Jay Shetty. And without further ado, let's just get right into it, right? So I wanted to mention that last book episode, I said I might try a little bit of a different style and structure. After reflecting, I realized that maybe this new book format isn't really working. So I'm going to go back to the old style of just kind of casual, conversational, and teaching you and helping you gain the same insights that I had. So this book is broken into parts one, two, and three. So part one is letting go, which is mainly just meditation and mindfulness. We have part two, which is growing, right? So gratitude and things like that and personal development. And then part three is giving back. So things like service and helping in your relationships and stuff. So Jay Shetty is an internet and social media influencer who went kind of rebellious child to a monk. His long story short here is he had a revelation at a lecture by a monk at his university, and then he went to an ashram and eventually soon after, that changed his life. So for those of you who don't know, an ashram is a religious Montessori, generally in Indian religions. So to take us off in this book, it starts off by telling us about a monk who acquired 62,000 hours of meditation. I did the math, that's slightly more than seven years total in time. They put him under an EEG, which is an electroencephalogram, which measures your electrical impulse activity in the brain, pretty much. So they took this, they found his brain activity, and they noticed that he was able to turn on and off his brain activity instantly. So what does this mean? You know when we meditate, there's so many thoughts going through our head, we can never be quiet, we can never quiet that voice in our head, there's always something being thought, and it's really difficult. Especially if you're not used to meditation, you often have wandering thoughts is what they say and call it. This is instantly turned on and off because of so much experience this monk had with meditation. Imagine the ability to have instant quietness in your control, right? Monks often have the highest level of gamma waves, which is associated with attention, memory, learning, and happiness. Gamma waves are the lowest in frequency. It goes beta waves, which are anxiety dominant. They have active external attention, and they're a little bit relaxed. You have alpha waves, which are very relaxed and have passive attention. Then you have theta waves, which are deeply relaxed and have inward focus. And then we have the gamma waves, which we talked about has to do with attention, memory, learning, and happiness, which is really important. So it seems that as though meditation can help with all sorts of benefits that we see in the gamma wave category, especially happiness. Now let's move on where Jay talks about where he found this revelation when he was at the ashram by a 10-year-old monk. While he was there, a young monk tells him that when you're angry, upset, stressed, or any other negative emotion, what changes? Your breath. If you can control your breath, you can control your emotions. So when you learn to navigate and manage your breath, you can navigate any situation. 
It's quite ironic, really, that we never are taught how to breathe. I think society often has us taking things for granted, especially in Western society. The fundamentals of, you know, drinking enough water, controlling your breathing, getting fresh air and sunlight, sleeping with your natural circadian rhythm, all have been distorted, usually due to, you know, technological advancements, modern day phones, modern day societal problems, interactions, distractions, (laughs) and just outings, right? And I'm not saying avoid all these social activities or completely become one with nature again, but I think incorporating one or a few of these things can really improve your quality of life, a concept I don't think many people really consider or think about. And I think that's what this book is mainly trying to get behind, you know, how to improve your quality of life like a monk does without getting rid of every modern day, you know, benefits and and enjoyments. So moving forward in this book, there is this quote. In 1902, sociologist Charles Horton Cooley wrote, I am not what I think I am. I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. Let me repeat that last sentence. I am what I think you think I am. So essentially, our identity is wrapped up around what we think others think about us. So let's, for example, let's say you're in a group, a social setting, and you dropped your phone. You don't think you're clumsy, but you might think that the re- since the rest of the group saw you do that, that they think you're clumsy. So therefore, your perception of yourself is based on what, uh, what you think others think about you. So now you're worried, oh, oh my gosh, do they think I'm clumsy? And this is almost a circle of self, almost like the self-fulfilling prophecy of your own thoughts. But this is good news because... If we can understand this, then we can realize the perception of judging ourselves is still in our control. So oftentimes the judgmental notions that we think about are actually from our own minds, if that makes any sense. And yeah, sometimes people do judge you. That's not, you know, non-existent. I'm saying that oftentimes our self-identity is wound up in the ability of what we think others think we are. And for those of you who are interested in learning more, it's actually called the looking glass self and you can t- you can learn more about Cooley's representation of you know perception of ourselves and how it's wound up from others. So we need to remove external control and reflect, and we have to figure out what really our values are. Most of us, myself included, often dislike being alone with our thoughts. This is often when our deepest avoidances can arise. So we often distract ourselves with Netflix on our phone when we're waiting in line for Chipotle or something, right? People often say we do not have time for things. But this is not true. We simply do not have a priority for it right now. We have time to drive to get coffee on the way to work or watch Netflix for hours a day or night or go out to eat several days a week. So we have money, we have time, and we have freedom of choices. It is understanding you choose what you want to do because you are in control of your priorities. If you can't get yourself to do something, I would suggest habit stacking, which is where you put one habit you want to do with a habit you already do, or doing what I do, which is stacking all my habits that I want to do in a day in the morning before work. That way I don't, I can't make any excuses at the end of the day saying, oh, you know, I'm too tired. I don't want to work out, etc. And if you want more advice or tips on, you know, habits and how to create good habits, you can check out episode 21 where I talk about this in the book episode from the book Atomic Habits. The link will be in the podcast episode show notes in the description of the episode. 
Lastly, in the part one, they talk about negativity, right? So if you keep a tally of any time you do the three C's, compare, complain, or criticize, this will truly show you how much internal negativity exists in your life. And I think this is a really important point, although I'm kind of brushing past it. I think this is really important because it kind of sets up your whole atmosphere of the everyday how you live. So if you don't notice you're constantly comparing, complaining, or criticizing, I think keeping a tally really will help you realize, oh my gosh, in a week, I really do have so many negative thoughts. Essentially, what we learned in part one of letting go is that you need to meditate, and meditating helps you relax, become happy, have better attention and memory, and then you need to reflect on some of the examples in your life and understand your situations. What is really in your control and what is not is probably the essence of what you can do to let go, become happier, and not to mention, lastly, the three C's. If you can tally up comparing, complaining, and criticizing, you'll see how much negativity really flows from your day to day. Next, on growing, you can't be anything you want, but you can be anything you are. That is something Jay Shetty said, and I think that's very interesting of a topic. And it is understanding who you really are is when you can aim towards your purpose. This is a concept that Jay Shetty mentions in his book. And if you want to learn more information on finding your purpose, you can also check out episode 36 on the book Life's Great Question or episode 38, which is a small talk episode where I discuss how rather than focusing on your great purpose, you can focus on your contribution, which is what part three of this book focuses on too. If you focus on your contribution, your passion will start to form from what you are then able to reflect and realize. So for example, let's say what you like to do is build Legos. Then you can focus on building Legos and maybe build these Legos and give it to children in need or an orphanage or poor children. Or, you know, during those Christmas drives, you can give some toys, right? So give the built Legos that you made and then give them a gift set of Legos to do on their own too. So almost like an inspiring toy where you show them your creativity and help them too. So then what happens is you can also then maybe, let's say you record all this and put it on YouTube, and maybe eventually you could make an income doing what you love, which is building Legos, but you also get the personal enjoyment of giving service, which was to those children, which will in turn make you happier as well. So it sounds like a win-win when you focus on the external outcome of helping others first. And there's another book called Jab, 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 Right Hook by Gary Vaynerchuk, who also talks about, you know, giving first before ever thinking about receiving back. So also, you know, if I focused on myself in these podcasts, it would be quite obvious, I think. It would show in my work. It would show that I don't really listen to people, my feedback, or, you know, I wouldn't really get a smile every time someone says something about, you know, what I'm doing and how it's helping them and things like that, right? So if I did it for me, I would be bummed out that I don't have millions of views or I or I wouldn't appreciate how far I've gotten. And I'm not saying you should only think about others, you know, I'm happy to see how far I've come in almost a year and I'm happy to bring value to you all and they don't have to be mutually exclusive, I don't think. Anyways, another piece of advice Jay gives for growing is a routine which is something we've talked about quite a bit in this podcast, like in the guest episode with Seth Parker or Prasanna, which was in episode 40, or even Atomic Habits, 
book episode which I mentioned earlier. Routines can help you create a system to get the goals and habits you want to get done. It removes the free choice to deviate if you have a well-equipped system, right? Because I believe routines help you create a system to get these goals and habits that you want and actually get them done. It kind of removes your free choice to deviate from it if you have a well-equipped system. So there's a few more ideas Jay talks about in part two. One is about ego, and he has a whole chapter on ego, and one quote he says is, the two extremes are equally problematic. Sometimes it takes the deflated ego to show you what the inflated ego thought of itself. I believe that ego is very complicated because it can kind of almost hide in plain sight, right? I think I'm going to read the book Ego is the Enemy, I believe that's what it's called, by Ryan Holiday. I think his book is just completely on ego, and I think it's just interesting because, you know, how the ego can trick you into thinking or believing, and just, it hides in plain sight. So I think if you can overcome your ego, you've almost controlled every situation you could possibly get into, right? And generally, this chapter was talking about being aware and silencing your ego from entering the situation. I also like the idea of small wins. Long-term goals are achieved in a year or years, while short-term goals can be achieved in months or days. The small goals build on the big ones, so I like how the small goals also give you a sense of accomplishment and moving forward. So Jay talks about visualization as well. I think this is huge. Like I've mentioned, I'm a daydreamer, so this comes naturally to me to envision the best of anything I do. You know, I try to do my best, and I try to envision my best, and I don't give up, which I think visualizing your next milestone or your, you know, quote unquote dream outcome can be very motivating for growth. And lastly, Jay talks about gratitude, which is everything. He mentions a gratitude journal, which I've noticed is something a lot of successful people talk about. This is definitely something I want to get more into and may discuss in another small talk episode about how it's impacted me. I'm sure it works similarly to the idea of visualization that I mentioned before this, What I'm getting from this is you're essentially creating a positive and moving environment. So he mentions that you can't be gracious and angry at the same time, right? So negative emotions cannot exist in your gracious state. So I think that's really interesting and something I'm going to definitely try out more. And then lastly, we have giving back. And this is essentially very self-explanatory and direct, I would say. And we've kind of already touched upon this um, throughout the episode Right, So giving back is giving back to your community, to your relationships, and to yourself. You can focus on contributions, like I mentioned earlier, for your community and others, and focus on personal values and obtainment, like small wins and gratitude for yourself. I think you know giving yourself decompression time is also really important and healthy. It's not healthy to work all the time, and it's also not healthy to relax all the time. I think it's all about balance. So I hope this wasn't so all over the place. I tried to make it kind of concise and structured, but also flexible in a more conversational manner. So if you guys enjoy what I'm doing and, you know, you want to give me some feedback or give me an Apple rating, I would really appreciate it a lot. And if you could share this on your social medias, I'd be so happy. I'd love to you know, hear your thoughts and hear your support. So thank you all for, you know, listening to another great episode and I will see you on the next one. Peace.